CW Radio, your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Newscast. Today is Wednesday, July 13th, 2011. I am Lou Mangello, host of WDW Radio and author of the Walt Disney World Trivia Books, the audio tours of Walt Disney World, publisher of Celebrations Magazine, and lots of other good stuff. Um, before we get started this week, I want to tell you a quick little story. This past weekend, I was actually in Walt Disney World, and I was touring the parks with Robert Scoble. Uh, you may know him as Scobalizer on Twitter, and yes, I'm name-dropping, but there's a reason behind it, because as we toured the parks, he did an audio interview with me, and we talked about the best ways to plan for a Walt Disney World vacation, and you know what I told him? I said, Robert, my friend, and I put my hand on his very tall shoulder, and I said, touringplans.com is not only the sponsor of this week's newscast, but the best way to prepare for your Walt Disney World vacation. We then did a video interview about mobile devices, and he asked me what I had on my iPhone, and I'll, and I'll link it up in the show notes for this week, and I resisted the urge to talk about my new Walt Disney World trivia iPhone app with more than 750 questions. Instead, the first thing I told him was to download Lines, an extension of the touringplans.com website. It's the great way to maximize your time before you get to the parks and while you're in the parks and to use it while you're there to find out crowd calendars and wait times and all of the kind of good stuff. And of course, check it out over at touringplans.com. Again, they are the sponsor for this week's newscast. Anyway, let us get into uh, this week's news because there is a lot to cover. And uh, the first thing I want to talk about is something that has been the topic of a lot of conversation on the forums and on Twitter and on Facebook this week. And it's some changes that just came to Walt Disney World's monorail system. And I don't mean a Toronto rail or a new system. Instead, beginning this past Monday, July 11th, the Epcot monorail service stopped one hour after the regular park closing. And in just a couple of weeks, starting October 1st, 2011, the Magic Kingdom monorail is going to stop operation one hour after regular park closing. And what that means in both cases is that the monorail is not going to be able to bring guests back to their hotels after extra magic hours. Now, guests instead are going to be transported by bus and boat, obviously, from the Magic Kingdom. You can take a boat back to the Poly, the Grand Floridian, Wilderness Lodge, wherever it might be. Uh, morning extra magic hours, not going to be affected. And it does seem as though that this may be a somewhat of a permanent change. You know, it's not just a seasonal thing. It's not going to be just for a month. There is no sort of end date for this. So the big question that you're asking in the chat room, I've been asked on Twitter and, and Facebook and Google Plus is, why? Why are they doing this? Why are they cutting the service for the extra magic hours? Why are you now making resort guests have to take a different mode of transportation. So if you're now staying in Bay Lake Tower, you don't have the monorail service back. You can, or you can take the bus, but you now can or should have to walk back. Um, it's an interesting question and I don't have the answer. Um, a lot of people are sort of asking, you know, how this is gonna affect the thing. Again, there is ways to get back. You do have the bus, you do have uh, watercraft where available, but no monorail service. So I'm playing devil's advocate here. Um, and asking the question, which is, you know, depending on why they're doing this, um, you know, if you want the monorail system to be well-maintained, to be repaired, to be potentially upgraded, there is going to be necessary downtime. And is that what this affords them? It Does this afford them a little bit of downtime to do some of those things? 
or make th some changes? Is it just a cost-cutting measure? Is it cost-cutting for the monorail service, for the cast members to run the monorail? And more importantly, how do you feel about it? Um, as somebody who goes to evening extra magic hours, I love 3 a.m., by the way, uh, all the time, certainly as at the end of a long day, you look forward to sort of hopping on the monorail, although I do like the watercraft. I guess it's sort of not the point. You know, why do you think... Um, this is happening, and, and does it upset you? I mean, some people online were very upset about it, um, feeling that, you know, hey, I'm staying in one of these monorail resorts for a reason. Why do I not get the monorail service to go back after extra magic hours? Um, some people are saying, hey, look, if I pay the money, I want the monorail. Uh, other people are saying, hey, I like taking a boat to the Grand Floridian or to Wilderness Lodge, whatever it might be. Um, Somebody said, hey, I just stayed at the Grand Floridian. I could see how it might be a problem. I went to the Magic Kingdom at 1 a.m. from the Grand Floridian. What then? Well, Scott, you would obviously take, you could take a, a boat, uh, you could take a bus, but the obvious choice is to take the watercraft across. The watercraft is still going to run for extra magic hours. Um, Small World 1 says, hey, what about if it rains? You know, if it rains or it's bad weather outside, uh, great point. Again, the bus service is there as an alternative. Uh, I would love to hear more about your thoughts about this, or do you feel, hey, it's not really a big deal. It doesn't affect me at all, or I don't think it's a big deal having to p potentially take the bus or the watercraft. Uh, some other quick time changes, as long as we're talking about times and, and things that are going on. From July 18th through the 31st, the Celebrate a Dream Come True Parade in the Magic Kingdom is now going to be performed twice daily at noon and at 3.30. So now the 3 o'clock parade is now at 3.30 parade and also at noon. During that time, the Move It, Shake It, Celebrate It Street Party is going to be performed three times a day at 10 a.m., 5.30, and 7. Uh, something else that has stirred a, uh, a great deal of controversy online, and it's something that's been talked about and rumored for a long time, is that Disney is now a testing. It has not been rolled out uh, resort-wide, but they are testing a new system using the, re the refillable mugs, and they're testing it over at the All-Star Sports. Now, as you may know, if you are staying as a resort guest on property, you can purchase a refillable mug for about uh, $13 or $14 or so, which gives you the opportunity to pay that one price, and then during the length of your stay at your resort, you can go and use the fountain beverages or coffee or tea or whatever it might be, and then at the end of your stay, you are no longer supposed to use the mugs. Well, now the regular plastic mugs, which have become generic park resort-wide, they used to be specific to each resort, they're testing out a new system, and it's actually a new bit of technology as well over at the end zone food court. The technology is not incorporating Beverly from Club Cool. Instead, it's working with a system of RFID chips, and now the new chips will let the mug remain valid during the length of your stay, as it was meant to do, uh, while you're at the resort. And then once it expires, you're no longer going to be able to dispense the soft drinks from the soft drink dispensers in the food court. You can get water and ice, just like any other you know cup that you might bring along, but not soft drinks. Um, the new mugs have this Let the Memories Begin slogan on them. They're different colors than the other mugs. And, you know, again, it's sort of testing this idea of, um, you know, sort of limiting the guests to what the mug is supposed to be used for. Now, I've also heard um, there is a, a possibility that they're also going to limit how much you can get. So, for example, you can't sit there with your mug, fill it up once, dump it into your thermos or whatever it is, your, your 
cooler uh, and get it again a second later. You might have to wait a few minutes before you can fill the mug up again. There's obviously a lot of questions about this. It has just been started this week. Um, it's going to be tested. It's obviously going to be adjusted. Uh, I'm sure Disney's also going to gauge guest reaction. Uh, I've seen a lot of stuff, especially coming through on Twitter, about people who are, are very, very upset talking about it, it penny-pinching and, and being nickel and dime. Uh, again, I'm going to sort of play devil's advocate here and say what they are doing is sort of making the mugs do what the honor system was supposed to do, which is only let you have to use that mug during your time. I get questions via email all the time saying, hey, I bought my mug last year. Can I bring it back? I'm now staying at Coronado, even though I stayed at Port Orleans. Can I use the mug? Can you? Yes. Are you supposed to? No. And now somebody in chat before said, hey, stealing is stealing, whether it is a 20 cent soft drink or whether it is a Duffy, whatever it might be. Um, some people are saying, look, the, the wait time isn't too bad. I don't, I don't like the wait part, but it's not too long. Again, we don't know if that is a hard and fast five minute rule. Um, Small World One says, look, if people didn't abuse the system, Disney wouldn't have to be so heavy handed. Uh, that is certainly uh, one of the arguments I'm sure that Disney could make. Um, are they going to lower the price solo at Disney? I don't know how the pricing may be affected. Uh, EL Bug 10 says, hey, look, it's too bad they have to resort to it. Um, you know, having to go to a system where you can't just sort of trust people, you now have to implement technology, uh, excuse me, at a beverage refilling station. Uh, if Beth in Michigan makes a great point, if they're going to do this, I love the resort-specific mugs to make them collectible. Beth, I agree. I love the resort-specific merchandise. We've seen sort of a, a more generic turn towards Walt Disney World or even Disney Parks merchandise. Uh, I'm a firm believer that when you stay at a resort, I sort of love having something from that resort as well. So even if it's a mug, I agree with you. Um, so Karen Stoy says, look, I drink a lemonade pretty quickly and I want a refill. Waiting for it might make me reconsider. And I wonder, Karen, how many other people might reconsider as well. But again, this is not something that's sort of set in stone is really sort of a hard and fast. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for discussion on this. Um, you know, people are talking about, well, you know, do I, do I like the fact that my mug now has an RFID chip in it? Do I like the fact that Disney sort of knows what I'm doing? I don't think they're, they're there to track how much you drink or what you're drinking or, or whatever it might be. But I think it is to sort of forcibly enforce uh, the system which really was an honor system previously. So please keep talking about this, not just here in the chat room, but come if you're watching this um, on the blog or on YouTube. I'd love to hear your comments and thoughts on it. Uh, let's move on a little bit more to some other news going on. Uh, over back in the Magic Kingdom, Tinkerbell and our fairy friends are going to appear for meet and greets starting July 28th over at, wait for it, the Adventureland Veranda. Had a lot of different meet and greets there over time. Ariel was there. Um, Pirates have been there. Now Tinkerbell and her fairy friends are going to be there. Until that time, they'll still be over at Pixie Hollow Garden in Epcot, right by the entrance to Mouse Gear. But if you're looking to meet Tinkerbell and her friends, until they get some kind of permanent home, the Adventureland Veranda, formerly sponsored by Kiko Man and the Teriyaki Burger, is going to be where uh, you could meet them as well. So speaking of the Magic Kingdom and Fantasyland and the updates, if you've been paying attention to the Disney Parks blog, and you should because they're releasing a lot of good stuff lately, which I like, they just released a teaser video from Walt Disney Imagineering that spotlights the Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid attraction 
and some new concept art. And it shows you a lot of stuff behind the scenes as to how they've gone from idea to concept to blue sky to drawing to where they are now. And they are moving very quickly on construction and a monstrous show building in that new section of Fantasyland. If also, if you paid attention to the blog, you'll notice that Disney Imagineering is creating a behind-the-scenes video on the construction that's going to show over at One Man's Dream, which is a must-do, over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Of course, these attractions aren't going to open until sometime in 2012, summer, fall, don't really have a, uh, an opening date as well. Also on the Disney Parks blog this week, the social media people, very busy at Disney this week, uh, they announced that there's changes coming to, to downtown Disney. Uh, and starting this fall, they're going to start construction on Splitsville. It sounds like a bad breakup movie, but no, it's not. Instead, it's a 50,000-square-foot upscale entertainment center that's going to have bowling, billiards, that's pool to you and me, dining, music, and nightlife. Now, it's going to be in the location of the Ride Makers building, former location of the Virgin Megastore. We've talked about this sort of blue sky, our own ideas about what we'd like to see in there. And a lot of people talked about some kind of a multi-platform entertainment complex. That's what you're getting um, uh, in this location. Again, we talked uh, a long time ago, Disney had announced that they were going to be building a 100-lane professional level for tournaments and everything bowling alley over at ESPN Wide World of Sports. They announced earlier this year that plan was put on hold. I'm wondering if it's going to be replaced by Splitsville, which is really less about a professional center than it is a family center. I will tell you as a personal note, I love this idea. Um, I think even better than having it at ESPN because it's more accessible. I like the idea of making downtown Disney a family-centric place that people can go. They can have fun together. It's inside. It's an alternative to the parks. And it's not just bowling. There's other stuff to do in there as well. Some other announcements concerning downtown Disney is the Apricot Lane Boutique. It's a ladies' fashion store. That's going to open um, on the front of what was Pleasure Island in the old location of the Harley-Davidson store. That's going to move to a bigger location over at West Side. Uh, obviously, a lot of stuff has been going on in the past couple of months over at the former location of Pleasure Island. Buildings have been removed. Grass has been laid down. But the, the walls are still up. And... What's going on is the site plans and the site as a whole is being reevaluated, meaning that construction on Hyperion Wharf, which was announced earlier this year, that sort of nighttime entertainment clump complex and outdoor music, and again, sort of that, that idea of a place that families could come together, adults can have a good time, younger people can go out with friends and, and, and get some nightlife as well. That seems to have been put on hold. Um, that was supposed to kind of replace what Pleasure Island was. Now we don't really know what's going on. Disney did release a, uh, an official statement on the blog, and it said, quote, During the course of this site work, we identified opportunities to further refine our master plan and are pausing to evaluate them. What does this mean for you? While we're moving quickly, it will admittedly cause a delay in construction. But we're willing to bet that any delay will be worth the wait once we're able to share details about the exciting work we've been doing, end quote. So uh, a lot of people had talked about the fact that, hey, you know, what is going on with Hyperion Wharf? How is the construction really going on? Well, obviously it slowed, maybe paused, halted somewhat indefinitely until they figure out what to do with it. Um, so Spitz Splitsville is not in Pleasure Island. Splitsville is in um, downtown Disney on the west side again, uh, in the where the uh, old Virgin Megastore was, a lot of people 
instantly clamoring, bring back the Adventures Club. Here's your opportunity, Disney, to, to reconsider and bring it back. I don't know if that is what's going to happen. Some people are saying, hey, maybe they'll save some announcements about what really is going to happen there for the D23 Expo coming in just a couple of weeks. Or maybe they are sort of thinking about re-evaluating the idea altogether. Uh, we had talked about Hyperion Wharf a number of times on the show, but some people like Jay Mimar says, look, I like the fact that they're reconsidering. Maybe what some people saw for Hyperion Wharf wasn't getting them all excited. Maybe some people on the executive level or the Imagineering level felt that way as well. Disney Fan 13 and many people are screaming Kungaloosh in the chat room. Uh, I don't know or nor do I believe that the Adventures Club will come back. What I think could happen here or somewhere else uh, is something more along the lines of a dinner theater type show where there'll be food served, but like a hoop-de-doo or a Polynesian luau, there'll be set show times. So it's not people just coming into the Adventures Club, plopping down on a bar stool, not eating or drinking, just sort of watching the show uh, at no cost. If you have show times and sort of do that sort of concept like that, um, maybe we'll see something like that come back. So here you go. Here, viewers, listeners, people in the chat room, you've got the ability. Plans are put on hold. Let your blue sky creative concepts come out. What would you want to see come into that Pleasure Island area? You have very much of a blank slate. And Disney said, okay, we're going to reevaluate what do you want to see there? I know many people are saying Adventures Club. What else? Some other great idea, Muppet Dinner Theater, uh, a Disney-themed medieval times. <laughs> Stars and Moon says, bring Horizons down to downtown Disney. Uh, you may have a better chance of the Adventures Club coming back before Horizon. Uh, Alamodes at Star Wars Dining. We've talked about that before as a potential for Disney's Hollywood uh, Studios. Mickey Mouse Club, a Disney art gallery. More Muppets, outdoor waterfront beer garden. Disney 05, my suggestion for the Virgin Megastore building was what you said, a Walt Disney Museum, a sort of a Disney World Museum, possibly, they can put into a smaller venue. Um, a lot of people taught us talking, talking about Star Wars, Mickey Mouse Old School, Tron Ride. Um, Family-friendly, nightlife-heavy, themed interactive restaurants, says Nicole Siscaretti. And uh, Nicole, I agree with you, and I thought that's where they wanted to go. I, you know, I sort of envisioned some of that... Um, you know, T-Rex Cafe, um, the Steve Shustle sort of concepts for fun, family, interactive dining from a third party coming in. But again, nobody had, I guess, at least that we know of, had committed to anything. So I'm wondering if that is going to come down. A villain's dinner mystery. Hey, let's go back to original sort of old school plans for that David Copperfield Magic Underground, that magic-themed restaurant that we never got uh, either at Hollywood Studios or in downtown Disney. Uh, lots of opportunities here. Um, Mike1988 says, what about a mini World of Color show? Mike, that is not a bad idea at all. Putting some sort of a show right there on the lake that you can see from Saratoga Springs, it'll bring people to downtown Disney because that's where it is. We got to get people into the downtown Disney area to recognize that as a destination, a nighttime destination where they can go and enjoy things like we thought at Hyperion Wharf for free. You don't have to necessarily spend money on an extra ticket to bring your family of four, five, or six, or even your wife or girlfriend to go and have a good time as a family or as a couple. So please come by the WDWRadio.com blog. I'll put this newscast in there. I would love to hear more of your thoughts about what should happen in uh, downtown Disney. One more bit of news that came out breaking just hours ago on the Disney Parks blog. 
is they're announcing a new event. And if you are a Haunted Mansion fan, pay attention. Because they want to know if there is room for one more. There's 999 Happy Haunts. Well, on September 30th, 2011, over at Disney's Contemporary Resort, Disney is going to celebrate the Haunted Mansion with the Room for One merchandise event. And here is actually the artwork released by Disney um, today. And Disney says, we invite you to step through the graveyard gate to the Haunted Mansion Cemetery, recreated with ghoulish delight at the resort. Here you can dine in a mist-enshrouded banquet realm hidden among the crypts. While the organ music plays, restless spirits will rise to entertain you during a feast provided by our ghoulish gastronomists. Looking for somewhere to retire? Might I suggest the ghost gallery in the library where you want to keep the supernatural in suspense by bidding on priceless first editions and other creepy keepsakes in our silent auction. Now, the Room for One event has plots, plots that include uh, the opportunity to pre-purchase limited, limited edition, so it's pre-purchase, not exclusively purchase, limited edition logo product, products, Haunted Mansion-themed collectibles, and Walt Disney World 40th anniversary collectibles, a deadly silent auction that includes a performance art lot by Noah, Meet and greets with world-renowned artists such as Robert Olszewski, loves that guy, Jim Shore, Greg McCullough, and more. A cryptic conversation with our Council of Walt Disney Imagineers, as yet unnamed. Ghostly dinner with haunting sounds and full-bodied entertainment and a deadly departure gift. Can you say collectible? Don't forget to hurry back. More information, uh, you can go to visit artofdisneyparks.com. You can request tickets uh, through July 20th. And they're going to have more details and a sneak peek at uh, Art of Disney Parks probably over the next couple of days. Now, pricing for the tickets, they do not mention on the blog. But if you do go over to the request ticket site, you will see the tickets are just about $285 per person. Now, that does include uh, dinner and access to the event and sort of the ability to bid on the lot. Uh, people are in the chat room they love the, the concept. Um, it's the price that sort of is, to use a Haunted Mansion euphemism, scaring them away from potentially going. Because if you're talking about two people, you're at about $600. And it's a, it's a great night, but um, certainly not the least expensive one. Um, so people, yeah. So when we talk about it, people are saying, ouch, that's a lot. Um, Alamode makes a great point. It's not crazy if it sells out. And I'm sure it will, Alamode, like... The Sorcerer Package at D23, which is $1,000 a ticket, those 50 tickets sold out instantly. Um, so there is a desire for these kind of things, and I'm wondering how many tickets they are going to excel. How exclusive of an event is this going to be, and what kind of merchandise are you going to be able to get there? Look, if you can go and bid on the Hatbox Ghost, okay. Um, or can you buy a Doom Buggy? What kind of stuff is going to be there, or is it sort of items that are created just for that event? I I'm hoping... And thinking that that deadly departure gift is going to be thing, something like they used to create for the old 999 Happy Haunts events that they used to have in Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Uh, price point for that, you know, the entry point there was a lot lower, but hopefully a similar kind of thing and a collectible that is really going to have a certain amount of value to it. Ray says, yeah, the, the, the merchandise better be top notch. Um, <laughs> so um, foolish mortal, how foolish is it to pay that much? It depends on you, your love of the mansion, and, of course, your budget. So um, 
Very interesting to see. We'd love to hear more uh, about your thoughts about the uh, the Haunted Mansion Room for One merchandise event. Is it something that you're interested in going to? If so, is the price point too high? Is it too high for you to go? Or is, as you start to learn about what is going to be there, is the price point just right to sort of keep it limited and make it a truly exclusive event? couple of quick reminders before we end this newscast, because I know we're running long. Don't forget about the Box People logo contest. If you are watching, you are in the box, you are in the computer, so you are a Box People. We're having a logo contest. want you to give you a chance to design our logo. You have until Wednesday night at uh, July 27th to email me, excuse me, at contest at wdwradio.com. You can submit more than one logo if you like. It doesn't need to be a graphic. You can't just sort of describe the logo. You got to send the graphic to us. And if your logo is selected as the winner and the official Box People logo, you, my friend, are going to Walt Disney World. Because thanks to our good friends over at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, they are generously donating a three-night moderate resort stay for up to four guests uh, in the room uh, for value or regular season through May 31st, 2012. Again, you can submit your contest entries to contest at wdwradio.com. I'll also put a link in this week's show notes. If you need a big copy of the WDW Radio logo, I'll link to it there as well. Another quick reminder, don't forget about the D23 Expo coming up in just a few weeks. I, we are going to be there with a bigger and better booth. We're joining forces with Mouse Fan Travel again. Got a lot of surprises coming up. Uh, if you visit d23expolive.com, that's where we'll be broadcasting from all three days. You can also find videos from 2009 uh, to get an idea of just some of the fun that we had back then. But if not, please be sure and, uh, and come by the box and watch and follow along all the fun that I am sure we are going to have. Um, if you are going to be out there too, we please come by the booth and, and we'll probably be doing some meetups and stuff afterwards. I definitely want to go out to Trader Sam's one night. So come by the booth and say hi. Uh, a couple other quick thanks. I do want to say thank you sincerely to Robert Scoble for doing the interview and for touring uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios with me this week. I am going to put a link in the newscast show notes um, and at YouTube. Be sure and follow Robert over on Twitter. He is at Scobalizer. Also, huge thanks to Trey Ratcliffe. If you don't know that name, you should. He is a world-renowned photographer. His work hangs in the Smithsonian. He's a big deal. Uh, he also toured the parks with us. He's got the number one travel photography blog called StuckInCustoms.com. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a Tower of Terror photo that he took behind the ropes in the lobby, which is the most beautiful, amazing thing, and the rest of his Disney work as well. Um, you can definitely follow him over on Twitter, too. He is Trey Ratcliffe, T-R-E-Y-R-A-T-C-L-I-F-F.com. That's going to do it. Don't forget to come by. Leave your comments uh, in the show notes at WW Radio or comment on YouTube. Come back every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.newscast.com. Follow me on Twitter. I am at Lou Mangiello. Come by Facebook. It's facebook.com slash wwradio. Come to loumangiello.com. All kinds of stuff going on. Not enough time to do it. And please, if you like the show, come by, rate, review the show and the iPhone apps over in iTunes. Uh, that is going to do it. 
Thank you so much, Box People Nation. I love you guys. I look forward to seeing or meeting you for the first time, either at D23 or in the box. We are going to have a blast, I promise you. Thank you guys so very much for watching. Thanks again to our sponsors, touringplans.com, for sponsoring this episode of the newscast. So until next time, good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.